Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. Best executives appreciate the three levels of resistance they're up against when trying to craft a message. Level one, the audience doesn't understand the message. Level two, the audience doesn't like the message. And level three, the audience doesn't like the messenger. On today's podcast, we speak with Tiffany Chang, the founder of Inspire My Day, an expert in designing communication that cuts through the resistance to make meaningful change. Hello and welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. I'm your co-host, Mitch Simon, on the West Coast and on the East Coast, our fabulous co-host, Dr. Virginia Bianco Mathis. Ginny, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing very well on this spunky Monday morning. And a spunky Monday morning. Lovely. Okay, Jenny, go ahead. You have done incredible work and found us an incredible guest. Who is our guest today, Jenny? Oh, yes. I am happy to introduce Tiffany Cheng. She's an incredible professional and founder of a company she calls Inspire My Day. So we want to find out about that. Tiffany was born in Shanghai, China, and started out as an English teacher That's dear to my heart because I started that way too. And she entered the business world, climbed the corporate ladder and became a global VP for two Fortune 500 companies in Sweden and Belgium. And then she started her own company to help managers reach their leadership goals by changing the way they influence themselves and others. Welcome, Tiffany. Thank you for having me. What a great energy between us. Yes. Thank you. Great, great, great Terrific. to have you, Tiffany, in Belgium. Tiffany's in Belgium today, yes? yes? Yes, I am. Belgium, Brussels. Yes. And you're there because of the chocolate or the French fries? Just which one is it? Both. <laughs> and, okay. and the thoughtful guy, my yes. husband. Oh, okay. Okay. There we go. All right. All right. Now the truth comes out. Okay. Well, we're very interested in you giving us this very Belgium touch. And We'd like to start with asking you a question we ask many others, which is what has surprised you over the last two years, given this social phenomenon we've been going through? Yeah, so what surprised me is a very boring answer, but it does link to the social phenomenon. First of all, what surprised me is that anything is possible for anyone. It's not just for celebrities and the people in power and people who are highly successful the only thing stand in between us and the possibilities is just our own limited beliefs now i'm going to give you an example so i was the vice president at the time for volvo i was in china i was responsible for asia and it was in the middle of the covid time so that was well over two years ago and at that time i already been living in belgium for eight years then i went to china on my own without my kids and my Belgian husband. So we were like separated between two countries without even knowing when are we going to see each other. It was really painful at the time. And it was Chinese New Year, Christmas and birthdays. We were all on the phone. 
And at that time, when I was in Belgium, of course, I thought about many possibilities before I went to China that perhaps, you know, I need to find a job that is here, not, <laughs> not you know, other side of the world. But I just have this belief Belgium is a place that is small. It doesn't have the global headquarters, Fortune 500 companies I'm looking for. So I always had that belief. So I never searched a job in Belgium. I always searched a job in France, UK, ah. whatever that is outside of Belgium. So by the time I was in China, it was so painful. And there was not a day that I was not crying. I was oh. thinking about my kids and we had seven hours of difference. So it really forced me to think, what are the possibilities? I want to go back to my family. I don't even know how long we will continue because being China, that means it was just basically isolated from the whole world. Oh, yes. There's no way to travel back and forth. Just no way. So I start to think creatively and just visualize how life would be that my work and my family is in the same country because that never happened since I had a family in Belgium. So as soon as I had that thinking, and I start to see things, look for things differently. Mm-hmm. Within, so I set the goal in Chinese New Year in February. I said, I want to go back. I want to have a top position. I want to be working in a global headquarter. I didn't even know how that even exists. Like I, I said, the headquarter has to at least has 38,000 employees, a random number. But I was going to say 38. <laughs> okay. That was just big enough so that it has a global footprint. So I start to visualize that in Chinese New Year, that was February. And within two weeks, I got a call from my next position, which is the vice president of Atlas Coco. Atlas Coco has 40,000 employees, also really, you know, big in Sweden. But I just never thought about these possibilities. And within two weeks, I started the process with them. And within three months, I was back home and work in a headquarter, exactly as I described, in the top management and have my job and my life in the same country. So I want to give you this quote, which I love is from Orson Scott, is that we question all of our beliefs, except for the ones that we really believe in, and those we never think to question. So yes. my surprise. Yes. Oh, I love it. And what an incredible story about visioning and making that happen for yourself across countries. There's the fabulous part. So share with us the meaning behind your company's name and and what it means to communicate, to influence and inspire. Yeah, my company's name is Inspire My Day. (laughs) The truth is that when I wanted... In company name, I always wanted to have the word inspire in it. Mm-hmm. But I was trying many different ways. Inspire you, inspire me, inspire your day. And it was just all taken. <laughs> so I had only inspired my day left. That's reason number one, being very pragmatic. <laughs> very truthful about it. <laughs> <laughs> reason number two is, so my previous job and my passion is highly relevant to communication and the leadership and the self-development. So I thought, you know, being a leader, you have to be able to influence. And the leadership in the majority of the cases is about influence. And to be able to influence, you need to communicate. And communication, as I worked in many companies and I have supported nine global and regional presidents in these Fortune 500 companies, I realized that they all misunderstood, not they all, but the big majority of them misunderstood the communication as information. 
they would think as soon as I sent that email, as soon as I said,、mm. I mentioned it, as soon as I informed people, communication is done, which is far from the truth. Right?、Oh, nice. If the communication you are making is not inspire anyone to take action or influence anyone to change their belief, that is not communication. That's information. Wonderful distinction, and we'll get into that deeper because you mentioned influencing, inspiring involves change, and you gave me a wonderful explanation at one point about three ways that people often react to change. That the communicator leader has to overcome.、Yes. Uh, what were those that you mentioned? Do you remember? Absolutely. <laughs> These are the three levels of resistance. Like now, imagine you are communicating a decision from the company, whether it's a transformation decision, whether it's scaling down decision. Now that's it, the downturn. Then people will have resistance that you are making changes. You are having them walking out of their comfort zone. So the way that they will react will have these three levels of resistance, and to understand that will help you as a leader so much that you can understand where you can address it. So the level number one is I don't understand it. That is, <laughs> I don't get it, and this is where most companies are very good at. Okay, if you don't understand, let me explain to you by having more meetings. Giving、yeah. you powerpoints, giving you the memos or emails that you can read, so that you can understand it. Oh, you have more training, so you can understand it. In there, we're gonna explain the why, the how, the what, the who, the when, so that you understand what's happening. And this is what also many companies are good at. And this is also why most people, most companies fail in this change management or in any transformation or any changes. And because there comes the level two, that is, I don't like it. <laughs> and <laughs> and I don't like it. Means that this is where it comes to the emotional level, where you need to address the fear of people don't like it. And this is also most workplace. They're not designed to handle emotions and fears. And people would ask questions, a very practical and logical questions. Pretend they are still on the level number one. That ah,、oh, I don't get it. But in reality, is they are hoping you can read in between the lines that they are not excited about it. <laughs> and they all they hope you can understand what they are really asking underneath.、Uh. And the problem here is, well, why they don't like it? Very easy. What motivates many leaders to Talk about these changes and to implement these changes do not motivate most of the employees. Right. I, I have a question. I love that on this level too. It's we need to handle their emotions and fears. So, how many organizations have you worked with that? And what does it sound like to say, "Hey, we're going to make this change," and so we're going to bump up against. These emotions, we're going to bump up against these fears, and this is how we should be ready to deal with emotions and fears. Because, as you're saying, most of us just want to pretend that they don't exist.、Mm -hmm. How do you how do you handle that? Yeah, I mean, I work with engineers.、Um, mm -hmm. So Volvo is、uh, Volvo trucks, Volvo buses, full of engineers, and a second company where I was the vice president, also full of. Brilliant engineers. They make the world best compressors. So when it comes to emotions, they say to me, 
you know, as a head of communication, I often deal with that. So they would say to me, emotions, we live at home when we close the door and hop on our car. We don't bring emotions to work. Why do you talk about feelings here? So, well, I'll give you how you, you deal with it in the next chapter. I'll, I'll explain to you all the, the format I had the leaders to use before they go on any communication. So this is how I coach them to, especially, you know, when it comes to time, they're quite nervous. For example, they have to go and tell somebody who is underperforming. They have to tell somebody that, you know, especially when they're closing down the factory, they're laying off hundreds of people, they're exiting an entire product line. That means many job losses, etc. So when it comes to these situations, they do seek a lot of help from me. So I, I gave them this framework to use, which I can explain later. But maybe I will Great. come back to the number three, three. third yes. level. Yes. Great. I was going to make sure we got to your third level. Yes. <laughs> third level is the best level. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first level is I don't get it. The second level is I don't like it. The third level is I don't like you. <laughs> 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 yes. Well, that you can mean many things. Sometimes not entirely personal at all. It can be you that you represent some department. For example, HR department. Some people get very cautious when they see HR departments in, mm-hmm. in our meeting, right? That you can also be someone who is coming from the headquarters. Then you go to a local market. You want to implement a process. You invent it globally. And the people locally just think, well, whatever you, you're going to say to us, you just, you don't understand us. I don't like right. you. Because right. do you represent a job type, can be a job title, can be a job scope, can be a function, can be a whatever identity you represent. And actually, the research showed that people, even in the most mission-focused or target-driven organization, they are acting emotionally, not logically. That I myself experience all the time with all these very logical structured engineers, but still they don't operate by logic. They operate by emotional. Even though they say we leave our emotions at home, right? They're still at play. Why don't we get into what is your framework? How do you guide these these leaders? Absolutely. Thank you. That's a great question. So the framework I give the leaders is you can all download from the link we're going to leave. So you don't need to take notes or if you're driving. So three words I use is first, connect, second, create, and third, communicate. I'll explain it one by one. So first is you need to connect with yourself. Ask yourself these questions. First of all, why are you even communicating to start with? What's the purpose of this communication? It will help you to think a lot more strategically. And second question to ask yourself is, what is the difference you want to make before and after the communication? Something has to be different, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there's no point to communicate. So what is the difference before? What do you want to make? And third question is, what do you believe in? Why do you even believe in it yourself? Maybe some of the decisions, as we're going to later on talk about middle management, right? Some of the decisions come to the middle management. They don't even digest themselves, but they have to now be the carrier to mm-hmm. carry this message. And But inside themselves, if they just think, well, this is just the president and the management decide. So I'm just here to tell you, my team, this is what they decide. This is what we need to do. When you say things like that, <laughs> imagine the change, the result, how people will feel. They just think that you don't even believe it in yourself. How can you come in front of us and tell us what to do next? So the 
fourth question in connecting with yourself is to ask yourself, what is it that you don't feel comfortable to talk about? Right. That mm-hmm. you, you need to connect with yourself only after you have a, a go through these four questions. Then we go to the next step, which is connect with others. Okay. The thing here is the strongest message always start from what your listeners are thinking, not mm-hmm. what you want to say, not what the management have already decided. So when you want to connect with other people, here are the questions you ask. What do they already know about what I'm going to say? And what are they already doing with it? Maybe they've already made a lot of effort and I need to acknowledge it, right? Oh, good, good, yes. And second is what don't they know yet? That's probably something that you should put your focus on. And C is what do they want to know? I'll give you an example. On the, at the downturn of a few years ago at Volvo, we were like money losing quarter on quarter. People are scared because everyone's mm-hmm. seeing these numbers publicly. So whenever I organize the management to go somewhere, do a factory visit, a site meeting, people are nervous because when we go there, we always organize all employee meetings so that we can connect with the employees, etc. But before they come in, they really don't know what we are going to say. So the first thing they want to know is, are you closing down this factory? So, but it was not intention at all. It was just really for the management to connect with all the employees, whatever level that is. But if they have this question mark in their head the entire time, how can they relax and listen to whatever you're going to say? Exactly. So we need to address that in the very beginning. We're not here to closing down anybody. (laughs) (laughs) So then if you can connect at that level, you address it in the beginning. Don't let people sit there and worry what comes next. When is this big bomb is going to come? Right? That's the third question. Then the next question is what they currently feeling about this subject. You are going to say, perhaps their feeling is already exhausted. They, they felt they've tried their very best. And you're, maybe you need to, you need to understand what is their feeling about it. Maybe they're excited. They're, they're thinking, wow, some, finally a change is coming, right? You need to understand what is their feeling about it. And the last point is what is their fear about this communication? And the fear here can mean, not like someone's going to fire them or eat them, right? It, the fear can also mean that, let me give you an example, a, a real business world. So every company in the entire planet is now implementing digital transformation. That means digitalize your, for example, factory, you have digital twins or sales process. You move the sales process digitally so that you can connect with, for example, finding the leads, reaching out the leads and closing and then customer retention, et cetera, all managed on a system. And for many companies, when they go and announce this type of changes, they're like, yeah, of course, everyone is doing it. It's giving the efficiency. It's going to give the transparency. We all see the data. It's going to help us to save an X amount of cost and help you to manage your client, whatever way. And it's going to increase our growth, etc. All the benefits. But when you go and announce this type of change to a sales team who is locally visiting clients door to door, right? And they're driving like crazy, maybe eight hours a day, they're just visiting clients. To them, this news means this is what their fear could look like. Now, after eight hours of visiting customer, I need to spend extra two to three hours putting all the data in the system. And now instead of putting the time to serve my customer, I'm going to do all the administrative work. That means less incentive for me 
and more workload and less sales for me. This mm-hmm. is new. This fear is not necessarily about losing the job. It's not necessarily about getting threatened, but this is their fear. When you are talking about, you know, such a great, efficient, modern, innovative sales system, this is what's going on in their head. So then you go into communicating around all yeah, that. We're not yet communicating. <laughs> we're not yet. We're still creating. Okay. Exactly. We need to create. Then we need to create because then you need to. Understand what is your message, right? So there are three levels here when it comes to creating your message. First of all, what do you want them to know? What is that one line sentence that you want people to go away with? Because you can be presenting for half an hour, people can take away whatever sentence you said and think that's the message. And probably you don't want that to be the message, right? You have something else you want them to take away with. So what do you want them to know? And second is why should they care? What do you want them to feel? Why should they care about what you are saying? It's very important to you. Doesn't mean it's important for them. And the last point is, what do they need to do? Right? What action do they need to take? What inaction they need to take, or what reaction they need? So, what do they need to do with everything you have just said? So, understand these three: know, feel, and do. Then you you write it down to yourself because if you cannot say it in one sentence, you don't understand it yourself. So you better、Good、be able、point. to formulate it in one sentence. Then you can communicate. All after you've done all these steps, you're good. Yes, yes, and I love that. What's going to be different because you opened your mouth? Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Something needs to change. Okay. Terrific. Well, then, how does this work in today's hybrid environment? Well, in a hybrid environment, these principles they still really applies. But hybrid environment does create extra layers of complexity, right? The、mm-hmm. managers doesn't have the kind of visibility they have. They don't feel so in control anymore. So when you ask the CEO, they all want one hundred percent times in office. But this is not going to come back. So the hybrid working environment is going to stay. So there are a few things when we work in a hybrid environment. First of all, is we need to shift from managing people of the amount of time they're at their desk or they're in their office to managing the result and outcome.、Mm-hmm. That requires leaders to be able to set the target and the milestones, the goals, and also to. Be able to good at removing the roadblocks. Offer your support to your team members. And second is we're coming back to communication. That is communicate well and communicate very often. Because if you have a hybrid team, some of them sit with you in the same site, and some of、mm-hmm. the others they sit in a different location. The ones who are remote, they often feel excluded, right?、Yes. And so we want them to feel included. So that is that you. Don't think you are over communicating. You are not because they don't really see what you're seeing. If you put an entire company of five thousand or fifty thousand, even five hundred thousand people on a train, and you as a leader, you are sitting in the front side of the train, and these people, five thousand, right, five hundred thousand people are in the rest of the train. They are seeing a very different view now that the train is turning directions. 
You are seeing in a day to day. You are maybe having calls with McKenzie, seeing the trends, and and they're listening to experts and different presentations, and you understand very clearly what where you need to go and why you need to change. But the people sitting in the back of the train, maybe they are somewhere in India and dealing with their day to day. They do not see whatever you are seeing at all. So you need to help them to understand whatever you are seeing, so that they connect the dots on why we are changing and where we're going and why is it necessary. So how can they do their part? So that the second part is really to communicate often and communicate well. Don't assume people just understand. They just downturn the world. So all of us need to stop spending. All of us need to stop hiring. That doesn't come naturally. And the last part is also very important,、uh, but also very small things to do is whenever you are in a group meeting. So now say that you have five people with you in the office, another five people on the call, and then now you go for a coffee break. And then you talk with the five people who are in the office on a coffee break, and you you come back and you tell the other five people on the phone. You say, "We've just had a great discussion around the coffee machine. This is what we've decided." Imagine what these people on the call will feel. <laughs> right, right, exactly. A, a whole different mindset. What have you found to be? What kind of obstacles? You know. Leader is getting feedback that you don't communicate well. <laughs> What kind of obstacles do you find leaders say to you? You know, when you say, "Or here's some tips for how to go about it." I think the obstacle for many leaders, especially I work in a very male dominant world, is to deal with the emotions and、mm-hmm. to deal with feelings. They are very good at presenting facts, data, being、mm-hmm. very logical, very structured. And still, many of them think and believe and even hope by doing that, people will just change and people will do take actions. That is the most difficult part for many leaders. Thank you, Tiffany. I just love that three pronged approach for how to communicate something, which brings us to the other area that you love to emphasize, which is powerful questions. Can you share your favorites? Yeah, absolutely. So I have many favorite empowering questions. I'll maybe start with what is the disempowering questions. Disempowering questions like, why this happened to me? Why me again? So these are the disempowering questions. It drive you to think why things doesn't work. But the empowering questions include, for example, what's good about this problem? I can give you one example of my friend. So she used to work for one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world, and she started her. Own perfume brand, and she has done nothing to do with with perfume in her entire career. She was a finance, so she started a perfume brand right before the COVID, <laughs> and she had no idea COVID is coming. So everything was ready to launch. Then COVID came, and then that was about three years. She is not able to go anywhere with her perfume brand, and then. This was really big hit for her, and she has to find another job in between. And then. When the COVID is finally almost finished, so Europe came back, and she then had her business started. This time, she was selling to Russia, and then the war conflict start. So the payment was not able to process all the goods shipped, but no payment. And as soon as everything is almost done, and suddenly a lot of countries are develop、uh, discovering her brand, and they are order 
So all the way from Japan, Asia, and Americas and Europe, she got so much order. Then we had a supply chain problem, and the, all these brands are very eager to launch. So she is also very eager to provide them whatever they need. Then she promised them, "You can launch it in August." And then this supply chain issue happened. So her supplier told her, "No way, you are never gonna get your perfume in at least another two months." She was devastated after promise. Seeing all these all these countries that they can launch, so she came to me and she said, "You know why is this keep happening to me? Is this a sign that I just not made for this? I should stop this entrepreneurship and go back to be a finance person." So when I asked her, "But what is good about this problem?" I asked this question that my, is my favorite, and then she said, "Yeah, because you know suddenly people are discovering me, and I start to get all these orders flooding in, and I have way too much to handle them." Isn't that a good problem to have after the war and after COVID? So this prepped her to think very differently about her problem. Of course, her day, her months changed with this mentality. And my second favorite question is: If you who are listening have difficulties, failures, or you have conflict you are dealing with with your team, and you can ask this question to yourself: If my tolerance of filling the blank. This failure or this anxiety, or this conflict is currently at level two. What would I do when I am at level ten? That will expand yourself to think there's no limitation to you. And my third question is: I need to ask Mitch, what is your favorite magazine media that you wish you can be on this media? Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal, perfect. So when now you have something devastating, you need to deal with right a failure or something really crushed you, and you ask yourself, you said, "How would I handle it now that I look back and I tell Wall Street Journal when they want to interview me for this success, amazing career of mine, how did I handle that when I want to tell the story to Wall Street Journal?" You. <laughs> You would say, "I don't want to let them know that I went back and eat a lot of French fries, and I don't want to deal with it. I would just watch TV. You would deal with it differently." So ask yourself: If they come and interview me, and now they want to feature me, I'm going to be on the front page. What will be my headline? I think it's going to be about the French fries in Belgium. I'm just telling you, because they're the best. <laughs> Can you expand? The second one is if my tolerance is at a level two. What about at a level ten? Can you give us an example? Because that one sounds like a great question. Oh, yeah. So okay, I use this quite often. Sometimes we think we just cannot anymore. We just maybe got、uh. defeated by another failure. Maybe we've tried to launch something. Maybe we've tried to apply for a job. Maybe we're trying to get a promotion, and we maybe have tried, let's say, five times, and it still failed. We feel like we have exhausted all the possibilities in the world. And then you tell yourself, "What if I'm only at level two dealing with this situation? What if I have level ten? Maybe you will think, 'Yeah, it's normal for all the executives who want to get a top job. Maybe they have well interviewed, be interviewed, tried double digit, thirty times, forty times, and I only tried five times. So what if I am at their level ten and I can try and fail another thirty five times until I get it? Would I do it?" That's、oh, what that's, I meant. Yeah, that's great. I love that one because I, yeah. So if I were someone who had more tolerance, if I were an executive who were eating French fries in the Wall Street Journal, 
then I would be able to handle this. And I love it because they're all connected. Like what's good about this problem? You know, what's good about my suffering right now? I can learn. I can get better. Those are are great questions. I do. I do love that, that take on it. Well, this has been wonderful. How can people get in touch with you and find you out there in the world? Yeah, thank you for that question. So there are many ways you can find me. You can either go to LinkedIn and you can search my name, Tiffany Chen, or you can go to my website and inspiremyday.org and you will find plenty of free resources we've mentioned today. There are actually much more. You can download a checklist of how to be promoted from middle management to top leadership positions. You can find the workbook we mentioned here as well today. The three steps I illustrated, it's all in a workbook. You can also even get one hour of free training of all my six steps, how to go from middle management to the top 1% of your company. So there are many more. I don't want to mention all of them here. Or if you love watch YouTube, you can find me on YouTube channel as well. It's Inspire My Day. Oh, that's wonderful, Mitch. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany, coming from us all the way from Belgium, where we understand there's actually some sun for a few minutes. And I want to thank you so much, Tiffany, as well, Ginny, for finding Tiffany. This has been great. And we want to thank our listeners who tune in each week to our amazing podcast, Team Anywhere. We look forward to seeing you next time on our next episode of Team Anywhere. Anywhere.